Welcome to the Conversation of Money podcast. This is the weekly show where we talk about all things money and finances and where we furnish you with information so that you can make the best financial decisions possible. So if you want to be better with money, you want to purchase your first home, you want to learn about investing, where to begin, this is the podcast for you. I'm your host, Peter Komalafe. I'm so thrilled to have you here. So without further delay, let's get into this week's show. Hey guys, um, welcome to another show. I hope you guys have had an amazing weekend. Um, heads up for today's show. Uh, this is not going to be a normal show. This is not going to talk about any financial topic in particular. I wanted to, I just wanted to take a minute, uh, a few moments to talk about something that is important to me, I guess. And I thought long and hard about whether I should be doing this on the podcast, but I feel that it's important for me to speak up. And since this is my platform and people are listening to this show across different regions in the world that I need to speak about this. Um, so I have to warn you up front that if you are of the disposition that you get easily offended or defensive when we talk about what I'm going to talk about, then this is not the episode for you. Just, just click off right now. And I do not mean to cause any offense, but at the same time, I don't care if I do not with this, not with this. So I'm going to try and be as succinct as I possibly can and try and put this as eloquently as I can. But my views here are very, very strong and they are polarizing. So I guess you've been warned. So I want to talk about what's going on in the news right now and what has come to the UK certainly over the last week. And, you know, I guess Saturday this, this past weekend um, is also a huge uh, event that looking on social media and looking at the news and looking at some of the comments that I'm seeing on LinkedIn, on IG, on YouTube, on Twitter, on TikTok, everywhere, it hurts me. And it makes me angry and it makes me question what we're doing as people, like, really? And if you haven't guessed it already, it is this Black Lives Matter movement. And I'm going to put, I'm going to put forward my views and my thoughts and my experiences in this episode because I want people to understand where I'm coming from, why I have arrived at this conclusion, at this view that I'm going to try and put as eloquently as I possibly can in this episode and why I'm asking you to help. Because we cannot do this alone. We need your help. So let's rewind. Let's go straight back to the beginning. This whole thing started because in America, a guy who was accused of forging a check, forging a check, literally forging a check, allegedly, was arrested by cops. No 
no kerfuffles, no struggles, no resistance, putting handcuffs, and a cop knelt on his neck for nine minutes and killed him. And they didn't offer him any medical aid, no emergency aid, nothing. A plea, an ambulance arrived, put him on a gurney, put him in the ambulance, he's dead. Nine minutes. This was caught on mobile phone, on multiple mobile phones. Now, I don't think there's anybody that I know who can say that that is fine, that that's acceptable. I haven't heard that from anyone yet. I've not seen anything by anyone just yet. So off the back of this, we have protests. And off the back of the protests, we have looting, we have riots. And that's unfortunate. But there are always people, opportunists, looking for this kind of opportunity to take advantage and to detract from the issue at hand. And this is where I start to have a really big problem with this. Because now, even this weekend, people are so emboldened now, so brazen, that they're outraged at the looting. They're outraged at the riots. They're not outraged by the fact that a guy was killed by a cop with his knee to his neck for nine minutes. That's gone in the wind now because there are a few bad eggs causing a riot, looting. Now, that isn't the answer. Clearly not. That isn't the answer. But the rage, looting looting, rioting. And I have to say, it's not just black people at these riots. And this is one thing that I have seen, which has been a huge bonus, heartwarming to me. It's not just black people turning up to these, to these protests now. There are more white people joining in the fight from all over the world, all ethnic groups joining in on this issue now. But people are being defensive. They're outraged by the riots. They start arguing that all lives matter. Now let's talk about that. No one is suggesting that all lives do not matter. What we're saying here is that there is a systemic problem where black people are racial, racially profiled, where black people are targeted, and particularly in America, people are killed at the hands of police brutality. That is a thing. It's not made up. It is a thing. It is factual. Google this stuff. It's facts. And if you hear me talking about this and you're immediately being defensive, then you are part of the problem. This is not an attack on any individual. This is an attack on a problem that has been in existence longer than you and I have been alive. This has been going on for years, 400 years, in fact. Now, there is an argument, right? That's in America. Yes, they are geopolitical differences, nuances that we need to clearly acknowledge. Some will argue it's worse in America. 
we're least we're less racist in here in the UK. We're the we're, it's the least racist the UK has ever been. It's still racist though. Because there's less of something doesn't mean that it's not there. It is still there. So noted, America is a micro, microcosm of its own with its very exposed nerves towards race relations and that whole discussion of race because of their constitution. Where the 13th Amendment has incarcerated and targeted people of colour. Yeah, okay, that's in America. But here in the UK, we still have a problem. And this is why I'm going to share my experiences with you. And I guarantee you, if you line up a hundred people who look like me, they will all share experiences similar to what I'm about to describe to you on this, on this pod, episode of the podcast. And this isn't to make you feel sympathy for me. I don't want any sympathy from anybody. It's so that you can realise and recognise that there is a problem. We do have a problem, even till today. I grew up, I'm, I'm 40 years old. I grew up in East Sussex. I was fostered from three months to seven years old. I grew up in a town that's predominantly white. I was the only black kid in my primary school, Hollington Junior. And every single day, when I was between the ages of four and six, this kid named Gary Swan made my life an absolute hell. And I didn't understand what was going on at four to five, six years old. My foster parents were white. And I would go home and say, look, I've got this kid who keeps making monkey noises at me. What's going on? And my foster dad said, oh, don't worry about him. You're just like us. He's colorblind. He made me feel and believe that I was white until this kid kept doing monkey charms. That's when I realised that I was different. And I started looking around and there's nobody else that looks like me. But how did Gary know to make monkey chants at me? Because it came from his parents who thought I was a monkey. And therefore he felt that it was great for him to make my life a hell such a young age this is in the 1980s you may think oh yeah well we've moved we've moved on from then pete it's not as bad now in 2011 i was working in financial services had a good job in corporate finance bought a new car bought a new audi a3 i was profiled in that car followed by the cops every single day for two months I had an investigation launched into me, which I only found out about because I had, there was a, there was a guy, an undercover cop who went around asking questions about me and they got to one of my close friends and he said, look, there's this guy asking questions about you, where you live, what you do for a living and so on and so forth. And they opened up an investigation about me because they thought I was a drug dealer to the point that I had a forcible stop one, one Saturday afternoon with me and my friend Tim in the car. Four cop cars get out the car. They thought I was a drug dealer. They followed me for two months. It got so bad that I had to go to the police station to say, listen, I know you guys have been following me. I know you guys have been asking questions about me because it's got back to me. 
this is what I do for a living. This is my employment contract. Can you please stop following me? And when I asked why, we had intelligence. They didn't have to tell me what their intelligence said. That's the official line. We had intelligence. For two months, they followed me. Took my employment contract, asked them to stop. Did they? No. There was no grounds for them to suspect me of being a drug dealer. Working in, working, working in corporate finance at the time. Now, some of you may think, well, they're just, they're just doing their job. They're not doing their job to me. Follow me around for two months. You may think that's normal, but that is not normal. Have you ever, ever had to go to the police station to ask the cops to stop following you, to stop harassing you because they thought you were a drug dealer and you're driving around in a nice car? Even last year, not 2019, I'm at a corporate event and I'm referred to as coloured. Now, some of you may think that that's acceptable language, but it's not. That harps back to the 1950s. I'm Pete. I have a name. You can refer to me by my name. Especially when you know me. And these are issues that people who look like me face every single day. I have a friend who works for the Met and he doesn't often speak about how things are in the Met. But this week he has been particularly vocal and some of the stuff that he's, he's talked about, the fact that how communities are policed in London, how arrest quotas are filled, how incident reports can be made up to collaborate each other's stories or we think this happened. No, it happened like this and it's made up. To hear that come from him is disturbing to say the least. And if that is not a systemic problem, I do not know what one is. My point is I'm 40 years old. I've experienced it. I've experienced it last year. It's more covert and overt now under the table. And guess what? We are expected to just deal with it. God forbid we say anything because then we're playing the race card. I have been passed up on jobs that I was more than qualified for because my boss at the time was bold enough to tell me that they did not give me the job because 50% of their customers would not want to deal with me because of who I am and what I am. Verbatim. It is a problem. It took for him to be fired for me to get the job that I worked so hard for. This was five years ago. This is a problem. But God forbid, God forbid we say anything about it because we're pulling the race card or we're being angry people. We're being unreasonable. We're being belligerent. God forbid we say anything. It takes for a cop in America to kneel on the neck of a guy who's already handcuffed, not resisting for nine minutes for Black Lives Matter to be taken seriously. And people come back with the argument, well, all lives matter. If you have seen anything on social media and that has been your immediate response, you are part of that problem. And I don't care if that offends anybody. 
If it does, you follow me on, on YouTube, you follow me on IG, you listen to this podcast, follow me no longer. Because that is a problem. We're not saying all lives don't matter. Yes, of course, all lives matter. But there is an issue here that we are trying to get fixed. An issue that had been going on for long, bef long before you and I were alive. And hopefully won't be going on for much longer. This is about correcting history and, and building a new legacy of equality. We're supposed to be equal. It doesn't feel like it. There are kids, people right now, dealing with this every single day, in their teens, in their 20s, every single day, who deal with it. And to say that this is an, uh, an inappropriate argument because all lives matter is like telling women that sexual harassment is not a thing. It is a thing. It happens. Just because it doesn't happen to you or you can't relate to it doesn't mean it does not exist. And all I want people to take from this episode, if you take anything at all, is just listen. Don't get defensive. It's not an attack on you. We are asking for your help. We cannot fix this if you don't listen and you do not speak up. We need you to speak up with us. If you have family, friends who think like this, you need to challenge them. Why? Why do you feel like that? This is not an attack on any individual. This is simply highlighting there is, there, there is an issue that has been going on for years and no more. That's all this is about. We need your help. We need your help. And it's not just about putting up a square or using a hashtag. This is taking tangible action. And if you really don't understand any of these issues, any of them at all, then take some time to read a book, to watch a program. There's a great program on Netflix right now called 13. If you ever needed to understand why this is so big and so raw in America, that program will tell you. Because it's written into their constitution. I really don't know what else to say. But certainly what I've seen on social media this past week, certainly this past two, three days from people that I, that I think that I thought that I knew is hurtful. To see this stuff on LinkedIn, on professional platforms, is hurtful. People say you can hide behind free speech. Free speech does not give you the right to say hateful things. To say incendiary things. It does not give you the right to that speech. And I hope if you take anything from this, you'd simply take this away. Please listen. Please listen. You may agree. You may not agree. If you don't agree, that's fine. Carry on living your life. But if you do agree, once you begin to listen, then please speak up. Please speak up. We're not asking for money. We're not asking for you to inconvenience yourself. 
just listen and speak up. Try and understand other people's experiences and why this is such a raw topic for many people who look like me. And you probably work with them every single day. If you do have a conversation with that person and let them tell you what their experiences are, because I guarantee you their experiences will not be too dissimilar to what I've just I've just shared with you on this episode today. Have that conversation. Yes, it might be difficult to start, but I promise you this, if you open yourselves to have a conversation with any of your colleagues or your mates or, f- or friends that, that, are, that, that are black and ask them their thoughts, their experiences, they will be more than more than happy to share with you. Because guess what? Nobody asks us how we find these kind of things. Nobody asks us how this impacts us. It's this thing that seems to be a dirty little secret that we all kind of know is there, but it's it's just swept underneath the rug, never to be looked at, never really to be paid attention to until things like this happen to highlight it all over again. This isn't something that we can fix by on our own. We can't. And that's why we need you to listen and speak up. And if you don't understand the issue, read a book, watch a program, but listen, please listen and please speak up. 